0: Was Jesus really tempted in all ways, like you and I are today? Is that possible? Jesus was never married, so he didn't have to deal with the temptations that come with marriage. I mean, he wasn't a drunk or addicted to hardcore narcotics or anything, right? Like... There are many other things like that that he didn't encounter while on earth, so how could Jesus be tempted in all ways like we are? Because there is a Bible verse that says that, doesn't it? It specifically says that he was indeed tempted in all ways, but that can't be true, right? Or is it? How does this work? Well, the topic of our discussion this day. Stefan Maya with you, addedsouls.com. is my website, Christ.com well, is the church website. Sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up, but you can choose to support monthly, and that goes towards the Added Souls ministry through the Maye family and the mission we're involved with here, the East Coast Church of Christ. That good? We're going to pull up an article from our friends over at apologeticspress.org, and I can't plug them in enough. They helped me a great deal. A decade or so ago now when I chose to seek and follow Jesus and and learn the faith that could uh, uh, set men free right from the bondage of myth and lies and sin. sin. Uh, and so uh, apologeticspress.org is, well, as it so is described, an apologetics website that gives Christians defense. Logic. It gives us a defense. A reality in which we can bring in an honorable court of law and defend the truth of the scriptures and the accounts, the history, all of the inspiration from all its facets, branches, and modules. And so, uh, again, I can't plug them in enough. There are several ministries, websites that I utilize because I've come to know they are scripturally sound and trustable. Ultimately, we know they are not inspired but they certainly point us to the book which is inspired. And that is the key, my dear friends. Don't trust a source that would take you away from the inspiration of the scriptures, but rather is guiding you to the inspiration of the scriptures. And apologeticspress.org does a wonderful job with that. They have all kinds of material. They create content. You can find books and Videos and studies and uh, homeschooling material, you name it, it's there. Uh, I've gotten to meet uh, a few of them. Very kind brethren, very respected and influential in the brotherhood. Uh, but uh, yeah, apologeticspress.org. The article we are going to be reading together, you and I, is titled, Tempted in All Ways Like We Are? Question mark. Written by our brother Kyle Butt. And uh, the question that was asked to them, I quote, Jesus was never married and did not have to deal with the temptations that come with marriage. There are many other things he did not encounter while on earth. How could Jesus be tempted in all ways like we are? It's a legitimate question. It's a very good question. Right? And it deserves an honest answer. And our brother Kyle Butt is going to answer that question. I will, as has been the tradition, the custom, share my thoughts and studies throughout the many years as well, within my own self and within those that I minister to, and try to uh, have study the scriptures with us, to learn the Jesus of the Bible. Because if you are honest with yourself and you take a look at everyone who claims Christianity and all the churches that would be found under the umbrella of Christendom, Uh, you'll see that all of them seem to have created Christ in their own image. They create God, they create Christianity in their own image, like the buffet table, right? I'll just put what I want on my plate, and I'll leave the rest behind, and I'll create my own dish, if you will, and I'll call this Christianity. And, well, is that true, genuine, authentic Christianity? My dear friends, with all love and respect, I... I've studied the scriptures. I don't see the Christianity men have created in their own image size up with the Christianity that Christ himself has revealed in his book. So we need to find the Christ of the scriptures and not create a God of our own image and attribute the name Jesus to him. If that makes any sense, then... You may be ready to start searching for the truth. If that's just offended you, then perhaps the boundaries of your mind still have a great many cement walls in the way. And I understand that because I used to be there as well. We want transparency. We want a free-thinking mind so that we can learn from our own God-given free will. That's important. We don't need gatekeepers or key holders. You and I, when found individually accountable with the intellectual capability that God has blessed most of us with, it is our responsibility and priority, mind you, to learn the scriptures, the word of God, independently. That doesn't mean you can't access the expedient help of uh someone like myself or apologeticspress.org christiancourier.com and various other locations it just means you should not base your faith in me or anyone else it should be in jesus which jesus now the specific god of the holy bible the 66 books of the holy bible that's where you need to go. And we need to understand how to rightly handle the Bible. The science of interpretation is a real thing. And for some of us, blue collar folk, I'm the son of a factory worker, born on the wrong side of the tracks, if you will. Christianity was not in our community, was not something we embraced through its pure written word, the Christianity we were born and raised understanding that was given to us by our forefathers through tradition was the Christianity created through the lens of mankind, the desires of men, which is socio-political influence and a mishmash of all sorts of various uh, uh, um, religious worldviews, and, and, and it's just not in the image of the Christ, it was through the image of man. So we had to open the book for ourselves and start reading. And for that, it takes a seeking heart. Ask, seek, knock, right? If you're there, then my dear friend, uh, we love you. We've been praying for you. And uh, we certainly hope that you will give kind attention and keep paying attention to the information that'll set you free. As the scriptures say, the truth is reality. And reality will set you free from lies and myths and the myths of um, false doctrines and false teachings that masquerade themselves as Christianity. You know, Jesus came on this earth speaking words of repentance. To whom, exactly? Well, to his people, the Jews. Well, wait a minute. The Jews? Were they not... Were they not the sons of the kingdom? The sons of God? Were they not given the ancestral lineage to Abraham? They were believers. They practiced religious law. But what, why would Jesus call them lost? Why would Jesus call them into repentance? Why would Jesus have them change? Have you ever tried telling someone who is a Christian that they are not really Christians? Or the believer, trying telling believers that they're lost? I mean, they'll crucify you for that. Right? But some have the heart to question and ask themselves, maybe I have been deceived. It happens to the best of us, I assure you. It is possible to be deceived. Even as intellectually capable as we have been blessed to be, wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, manipulative psychological uh, 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 deviants, tyrants, and bullies, Individuals can penetrate your life and take control of your thoughts, and they'll masquerade as individuals that are charming, that are scholarly, uh, that uh, you would trust, but they're teaching you something that's not right, and they're giving you a false hope in a heaven you will never see under those deceits, and that's a difficult truth to swallow and accept because some of these might be our best friends. Some of these might be mom and dad, neighbors, coworkers. Family, pastors, priests, popes, reverends, teachers, preachers. Mankind can fumble and stumble and be deceived and peddle deceit to the next. And we all know a lie goes around the world way quicker than the truth, don't it? Is it so different now? Not at all, my dear friends. When Jesus was walking this earth, the same plague of sin and deceit and myth was infecting all of them. And Jesus came to bring them to his path, the truth, forgiveness. And they needed to repent. They hated him for it. So, all of that said, we need to understand that platform is true and real always, even in this topical discussion regarding the things Jesus has been tempted in. I could not of good conscience follow a king, a master, a savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, I could not follow him of good conscience if I knew he could not relate and have compassion to the very ailment of this fallen world. If he, very put plainly, if Jesus can't understand us, then how are we ever meant to understand him? That's why God sent his Son. To walk on this earth and at times we miss that because we remove ourselves from the fact that Jesus was a man God experienced humanity in this fallen world now he did not come as an experiment to say well I just want to go see you you know what happens with mankind down there on earth with them He lowered himself from the heavenly dynasty. He came down here to be lowered and humbled among us, and he got to experience humanity. But it was not the purpose of his ministry. It was to, of course, redeem us. You see, we owed a debt we could not pay. You see, and it took someone to pay that debt. Insert Jesus Christ. This era, of course, plan of redemption was birthed from the mind of God from the very beginning with its first messianic prophecy in Genesis 3.15. The prophets prophesied. And of course, when the Christ came, he promised and he purchased. And he fulfilled the gospel and he was given the crown over the kingdom in this new stewardship of time, the last Days which is, of course, the Messianic Age. It's the last dispensation of time before his return. When the sky opens, the trump sounds, and the Day of Judgment will be upon all. Well, we are wise to know our God and who he was while he walked this earth. He was a man, and he experienced humanity. How could we relate to him if he can't understand all of our temptations? So the question is a good question that was asked to our friends over at ApologeticsPress.org. Jesus was never married and did not have to deal with the temptations that come with marriage. There are many other things he did not encounter while on earth. How could Jesus be tempted in all ways like we are? Again, ask yourself the question. If Jesus, while on earth, did not have the capability and free will to sin, then he don't understand you and I. What business do we have following Him, or could it be that he certainly was tempted in all various branches of sin, and he conquered, he conquered those temptations, he did not fall into the sin that would have been around him, tempting him, you know, many of us may have fallen into sin, tempted therein, in various degrees, measurements, various categories, but not in all. Not in all. I have never, and I speak this transparently, publicly, I've never been tempted into homosexuality. I have never found same-sex attraction within my mind. Can I recognize a man and know him to be handsome? Well, of course. But have I ever had lustful thoughts towards another man? No. It's just never been something I have struggled with. Does that mean I've not been tempted in all things? I've certainly been tempted in the lust of women. The opposite sex? Can we see an understanding with all sin from Being tempted in one direction, knowing that all directions have a similar pattern? I think so. I think so. And I think just because we don't sin doesn't mean we're not tempted by the sin. Eh, some thoughts your way. We have to separate ourselves. We have to dismantle the wall we might have in our mind of the Jesus we may have constructed according to our own desires, our own flesh. Again, the Christianity we have created in our own image needs to be dissolved so that we can receive the Christ of the Scriptures. And I assure you, he is very, very different than the Jesus portrayed in the world. A very simple, Example of that, illustration of that, is this. Jesus was a Jew in the first century, in that culture and time, in that geographical location in which he found himself, born under the law, the covenant of the old system. Jesus was not a pale-faced, long-haired, blue-eyed hippie. Though I understand why that image has been artistically designed, it is our flawed description of what should look like holy and separate and different. I assure you, scripturally speaking, the Jesus of the Bible, you would not have been able to discern him physically among the ocean of Jews. It is only when he began to speak and teach and practice miraculous occurrence that would have separated him differently than the others you see you and i as christians we look like the world we look like the heathen to a certain degree why because we're all human beings we may have different skin pigmentation some of us may have gotten some colors on our body but we're human beings what distinguishes us well the way we walk the way we live the things we speak our example. Is it close to the Christ of the scriptures? Does it or does it emulate the Christ the world has since constructed in their own image? We have to dismantle and dissolve the wall, the image we think Christ is supposed to look like. We have to let go of the buffet. That applies when you go to the restaurant, and that's perfectly fine. That's the realm of subjectivity, meaning you can eat what you want to eat. And I might not like what you eat, but we can still be friends. But when we enter into the realm of the objective absolute, then my dear friends, two plus two don't make five. It makes four. Now, we may have constructed Christ in our own image. And in our own image, we would say, well, no, our image says two plus two makes five. But the truth refutes that. And the truth will set us free. It'll set us free from believing that 2 plus 2 makes 5. And it will have us repent, change our thoughts, our way of life, into knowing that 2 plus 2 makes 4. So we have to be honest, sincere, genuine students of the text, the holy text, the inspired word, so as to know what the author's intent is for our minds to receive. And that is the Christ in the image of the scripture, to which he is bound. God bound himself to the word. That is why it is the perfect law of liberty. There was much time and providence and miraculous presence to form this book of life. And it breathes, I assure you. It is God breathe. That's why it's so hated by this fallen world and so loved and embraced and meditated upon by those who get to know Jesus through it. And that's something? It's the penmanship of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote the book. How dare we say being led by the Spirit with a closed Bible? No, my dear friends, if we truly seek to be led by the Holy Spirit, we need to be children of the book, reading the book, believing the book, living according to the book. We are people of the book, not in the Pharisaical manner, because they searched the scriptures thinking salvation was in themselves, and they would twist and turn the context to bind law and tradition upon the people, a heavy burden upon the people that they themselves would not practice. They were self-righteous hypocrites. We don't want that. We've seen those in the church, haven't we? They have their own synagogues. They have their own temples. And sadly, they masquerade themselves as Christ-like. They are not. They are frauds. They are filled with bitterness and hate. Christ came to rescue us from the shackles of these kinds. No, friends, we need to go to the love and compassion truth challenge. The Christ of the Scriptures. And the Christ of the Scriptures is descriptively revealed through the penmanship of the Holy Spirit as Jesus, a man, God on earth, and Jesus as a man, the scriptures say and reveal, was tempted in all things and all ways. Can that be true? If so, can you not value, can you not value how much more closer We can understand our God and how he understands us. Would that not draw us closer to him, to know him as a God on earth, a man walking among us, understanding our plight, our temptations, our sorrows, our pains, our challenges? Of course, of course it is true. It would draw us closer to him. And we'd be wise To have that humble heart? You see, pride gets in the way. If we want to simply call it out for what it is, and it is of no wonder that the Bible speaks, great hate towards pride. Because pride will get in the way of humbling ourselves and learning who Jesus truly was. Let's not be that way. Let us have an open mind and receive the information of the Holy Spirit, the Bible, the Christ therein. So, all of that said, a question is asked. And our friends over at ApologeticsPress.org answer that question. Was Jesus truly tempted in all ways, like you and I are? Can he understand us from all facets? Of course, I know the answer to that question. I've studied it. I've had to ask that question myself because for a long time it was an excuse as to why i didn't follow jesus well he don't understand us anyway he was god of course he was perfect he couldn't sin even if he wanted to and he that hasn't been tempted in all the things we have see excuses right just we're seeking the wrong kind of justification it's not a credible one it's not a righteous one so the answer to the question here i'll quote from the article in hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 the Bible discusses Jesus and says, quote, "For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but what or but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin." Can he understand if we struggle with drug addiction, alcohol addiction, food addiction, pornography perhaps? Can he understand if we're struggling in our marriages? Can he understand our financial woes? Can he understand all of this fallen world's lawless ways tempting us daily? Does he? Can he really relate to us? Like, we've sinned. He hasn't. How can he relate to us? He doesn't know what it feels like, does he? To wake up each day and be tempted to go drink alcohol as an alcoholic? Can he understand that? I don't think he can, right? Or maybe he does. It's a good discussion to have. It's a good topic. Let's keep reading the article. While this statement is very clear, the scripture quoted, Hebrews 4.15, sometimes we go through temptations in this life that seem to be wholly different from anything Jesus experienced. Jesus never had to deal with the IRS while Jesus was on earth, he never dealt with a rebellious child who was addicted to drugs. Jesus was not bombarded by pornography as he walked the streets of Palestine like we are today when we check our email or innocently search the internet for information. How were Jesus' temptations the same as ours? is that a reasonable human condition? A human question to ask God? Well, I'll bring you back to an illustration I've not utilized in a little while, but if you've been watching the content here for a bit, you'll, you'll find it familiar. Two kinds of individuals living in the same community. They could even be neighbors. Both of them go outside. Both of them ask the same question. Are there any police officers here? Two human beings, two neighbors, same community, same neighborhood, walking out to the end of the driveway in the same street, asking the same question. Are there any police officers here? Where's the difference? Is there a difference? Yeah, there is. One of them is asking for assistance because someone has broken into their home and stolen some goods. So one of them is sincerely motivated by a decent heart. They need public assistance. Are there any police officers here? Why? Because I need help. I need assistance. Someone has broken into my house. The other one is asking the same question, but with a quite different motive of the heart. Are there any police officers here? Why? Because I just broke into my neighbor's house and I need to flee the scene if there are any police officers here. Now, someone who has not been capable of discerning the fruits being born, will see two neighbors asking the same question and not finding any identified difference. And oh, my dear friends, the devil's in those details. He don't want you to differentiate the truth from a lie. Because the wolf in sheep's clothing, he is the PhD of cunning manipulation. We are tasked... To receive wisdom, which comes at times through deep devastation and sorrow, yet to the blessing of insight. Capable of discerning the difference in those two individuals. Knowing that one of them is asking for assistance, and the other one, he's the culprit. He's the bad guy that needs to be apprehended. He's the liar. He's the thief. All he does is creep in to steal, destroy, kill, murder. He's the bad guy. Okay, why did I share that illustration with you? Because if you are reasoning with this question with the wrong motive of heart, you're not really looking for an answer, are you? So why not just move along? (sighs) However, if you are among us who have the humble decency to truly ask the question, to receive the answer, and receive the answer, even if it might go against every fiber of our beliefs or experiences... We'd be ready to believe Jesus above and beyond anything we might have experienced or felt or believed prior. How were Jesus' temptations the same as ours? Are we really looking for the answer to that? Well, if we are, let's move forward. As we look for the answers to this question, the article says, we realize that each of us sometimes thinks we are dealing with something that nobody has ever experienced. And we do that, don't we? And we shouldn't. And I know that temptation, you tend to feel you're the only one who has dealt with this in life. We haven't. Even to the deepest, most traumatic sorrows that mankind can experience in this fallen world, you'll find another one. Someone has gone through that same pain. Have you had your marriage torn apart? Have you gone through uh, separations, loss of loved ones in life? Have you been the recipient of harsh persecution, the hostilities of a corrupt government, perhaps? Have you been betrayed by your best friend? Have you seen and experienced the church being split by the hands of diatrophic individuals who manipulate and gossip and whisper among the pews so as to cause faction and manipulate in such a way to destroy? Have you gone through those things, you're not alone. Many of us have as well. Sadly, to the sorrow of this fallen world. Why? Because we have free will to choose to do what's right or choose to do what's wrong. And sadly, some will claim to be Christians, some will claim to be gospel preachers, some will claim to be evangelists and elders. We see them produce their online content. They may have their own podcasts, positions and sessions. They they choose to be evil workers, Paul would describe them as, and do evil things. And sometimes we think we're the only ones who have dealt with such a wisdom. No, there are others. Have you ever found yourself the abrupt recipient of abuse as a child? Have you found yourself an addict in life to... Various narcotics have. We're not the only ones who have dealt with all the sorrows of this fallen world. Mankind has been on this earth for thousands of years. There is nothing new under the sun. So let us not cling to a vain sense of isolation. Like we're the only ones who have dealt with this poor me, poor me. Instead, let's tap into the healing and love and community of Christians who have gone through the same thing who can relate. Have you been slandered? Have you had false witness born against you? Have you had bold-faced lies spoken against you? Have you been called a things you know you are not guilty of, like a thief or a liar or a blasphemer? Man, have they called you the devil? You know they did that to Jesus, right? That's, that's That's a deep sorrow to go through. Some of us know what that feels like. Jesus was betrayed by his best friend, one of his best friends, one of his inner circles, Judas. You do know that the Pharisees needed Judas, right? Because the crowds would see Judas turn against Jesus and give credibility to the falsehood of the Pharisees. The devil wants someone close to you to turn against you so that he can go and accuse you of the very lies he himself has found guilty of practicing. It's a psychological manipulation. Have you been the recipient of such sorrow, such devastation and division? You're not alone. Some of us have as well. And we've grown stronger for it. Because it can make you or break you. Tap into those have experienced that same thing. They will love you and understand you and comfort you. Now, can Jesus do that to us? Can Jesus understand those things? Well, if you read the Gospels and you read the Bible, I think you will come to understand that he certainly can. So, as the article continues, it says... As we look for answers to this question, we realize that each of us sometimes think we are dealing with something that nobody has ever experienced, and we shouldn't do that to ourselves. We might think that is a special little place for, for our own shallow thoughts, but it, it isn't. We need to burst from that and, and repent, change from that, and know there are others, and we'll grow closer to God. You'll, you'll see that in your life. So the article continues and says, the Bible, however, explains no temptation has overtaken you except such that is common to man, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You're not going to experience something that you can claim as your own and that has never been tempted upon any other man on earth. That would be a misguided, shallow, and vain enterprise to endeavor. And some of us do that. And I am sure that I've probably been guilty of feeling that way myself. And I've since repented of that. Because for a little while, I thought, ain't there no Christians out there who have converted out of a lifestyle and world that I used to live in? I mean, I used to live in pagan practice, heathen worldview. We were indulging in all the extremes of life. Crime organized power and influence, all of the nasty and filthy things that come along with it. Can nobody relate to me? Can no one understand how I've gone from that world to this here Christian lifestyle? Well, of course there are. I've spoken to brethren who have had that kind of a past life. And you know what? Even if I couldn't find one, The Bible says to me there are some, and I know that to be true now because those who used to be Gentiles but converted to Christianity, uh, they came with a lot of baggage. They came with a lot of baggage. So no temptation has overtaken you except such that is common to man, 1 Corinthians 10.13. The Bible further clarifies this idea when it elaborates more about the sin we are tempted to commit. In First John chapter two, verse fifteen and sixteen, we read, quote, "Do not love the world, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world." End quote. This text tells us that there are three basic categories into which all sins fall. Every temptation that any has ever experienced was a temptation to sin through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. And friends, if we are being sincere with each other and honest students of the text, we know that is true. We know that's true. Look at all the sins we may have practiced or that we may be snared into this very hour. Can you not see how that branches itself to these three sources? Flesh, eyes, pride, lust. Do we not see that? Of course we do. We keep reading. It is no accident that during the temptations of Jesus, Satan presented the Savior with three opportunities to sin. First, Satan tempted Jesus to turn stones into bread after Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. Now, friends, think about that. Reason with me here. God on earth experiencing humanity at its very... Raw essence. Hunger. It must have been so strange to hear your stomach grumbling and feeling yourself weak and desiring with great passion and desperation nourishment. Some of us know what it means to go hungry, don't we? And we might not even know the depth of that compared to those who have lived through famines. But you understand the connection, do you not? Jesus must have been very, very, very hungry, experiencing this to its measurement for the first time. And having the devil want to provide him bodily fulfillment... To quench the hunger? To stop the pain? Interesting, isn't it? Satan attempted to get Jesus to give into the lust of the flesh and use his powers to alleviate his hunger. Matthew 4.3 Satan then tempted Jesus to prove that he was the Son of God by throwing himself off the pinnacle of the temple. Matthew four, verses 4 through 7 Satan appealed to the pride of life by daring Jesus to prove who he really was. Oh, how we've been tempted in those things. Let us not lie to ourselves, dear friends. We know we've been tempted to do those things. Of course, Jesus countered with Scripture and did not fall into the sin of pride. Finally, Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, Matthew 4.8. The enemy promised that he would give these kingdoms to Jesus if Jesus would simply fall down and worship Satan. By presenting the kingdoms and their glory to Christ, Satan attempted to cause Jesus to fall into the lust of the eyes and covetously desire what he did not yet have. Once again, Jesus resisted the temptation. Thus we see that Satan's onslaught on the Lord with his temptations designed to appeal to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life summed up the enemy's entire repertoire of temptation. In all of that, you can know the, 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 the struggle that is involved with saying no. And the struggle that came when you and I chose to say yes. The article continues. We see this same categorization of sin in the tragic story of Adam and Eve's fall. When Satan approached Eve, in an effort to tempt her to sin, she took a closer look at the forbidden fruit. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 says, and I quote, "...so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes... And a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Friends, can we notice that good for food would appeal to the lust of the flesh? Pleasant to the eyes would appeal to the lust of the eyes? And desirable to make one wise would appeal to the pride of life? Satan still bakes his poisonous dishes with the same three ingredients this here very hour friends can we can we say no to that temptation can we be humble together you and i and learn the christ of the scriptures can we separate ourselves from the temptation to be snared within the image men have created of jesus can we repent? Can we change our direction in life and let go the many gods that were created in the image of men and deceivingly called Jesus and falsely flying the flag of Christianity where it does not apply, it is not even permissible to be utilized on those hills? Can we just independently follow Jesus without any attachment to false doctrines, well, we can. And Jesus is the gospel of the Christ. It'll release us from that if we just humbly submit ourselves to him and receive the truth of it, live the truth of it. The article continues, with this understanding of sin, we can now apply what we know to Jesus' temptations. The Bible does not say, that Jesus experienced every situation that we have experienced. He never drove in a car and had to deal with being cut off by a reckless driver. He was not tempted to overeat ice cream, okay? And he had no babies of his own that cried incessantly and kept him up till the wee hours of the morning. All of these situations, however have three things in common. Each temptation presented to people in those situations involves the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. False teachings, man, they capitalize on those three things. Sinful living, sinful thinking, and beliefs, and practices, and rituals, and traditions. Friends, they adhere to those three categories in one degree to another. Can we not allow Jesus save us from that? Of course. Sadly, it certainly does come with a moment of pain. Repentance can be painful. But the reward is so worth it to be right with god in fellowship with god is worth it eternal life is worth it to know jesus through the image the scriptures reveal of him who he truly is is a reward and so though we might need to change our minds and remove ourselves From churches that don't belong to Jesus, that we thought belonged to Jesus. Or from people who are toxic, that we thought were our friends and family. Or from practices that are destructive. We are wise to let it all go. And start a new life in Christ. The Christ of the scriptures. He can understand us. We can understand him. He's been through these things. The article continues. This relationship between temptations and situations can be illustrated in this way. One time, a father and son were walking through a music store looking at the different instruments. For some reason, the son had been having trouble at school with some bullies, and the father was telling him that Jesus understood all about his problems, since Jesus was tempted in all ways like we are. The son was incredulous. He did not see how Jesus had ever experienced what he was dealing with. Just then, the pair walked by a piano. The father directed the son's attention to the piano and asked him, Do you think every song in the world has been played on that piano? Now The boy quickly answered that such would be impossible. The father then walked over to the piano and methodically tapped every key, causing each to ring out its individual note. He then asked his son, Has every key on this piano been played? And the son, uh, of course, then understood the point. Even though every song in the world could never be played on a single piano, situations... Every key on the piano could be played. Temptations. You see that? That's wonderfully written. While Jesus might never have been in the exact same situation that you or I find ourselves in, we can know that the temptations he experienced that involved the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life were the exact same temptations we experience God knows us and he understands us he formed us from dust he knows every elaborate intricate detail he can count the hairs on our head he's walked among us he has have He has seen compassion. He has seen sorrow. He has seen joy. Friends, let us follow the Jesus of the Bible. Isn't that good? I think so. That will edify. That will build. That will encourage. Will it not? Absolutely. And we are wise to tap into such things in these days of uncertainty. Truly fascinating Interesting. That was from our friends over at ApologeticsPress.org. I encourage you, of course, to peruse their material and soak it in. They point us to the scriptures. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, my dear friends, stay focused and stay positive. Stefan Maillet is my name. AddedSouls.com is my website. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com is the church website. I encourage you to sign up to AddedSouls.com. Dot .locals.com dot it's free to sign up but you could choose to support monthly no amount is too low no amount is too high it goes for the purpose of the ministry through the Maya family and the mission we find ourselves in now with the East Coast Church of Christ over at addedsouls.locals.com is where i quote build my tents you will find a growing uh, category of exclusive content. I'll actually be going live there shortly to share with you all who are signed up and supporting. I will share with you our studies we had last night in Romans chapter 8 with the East Coast Church of Christ. What a wonderful study it was, and I want to share with you our thoughts and the things we were capable of of knowing in the text. So please consider signing up at itsouls.locals.com and please consider becoming a supporter. Reports and updates, all things are transparent and made available to you. If you have any concerns or would simply seek a conversation, let us schedule a phone call, let us schedule a video chat, you can email me at itsouls at gmail.com. And if you will, please consider to subscribe to this Rumble channel. Subscribe, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, share the link far and wide. That way you and I partake in this wonderful information that perhaps souls out there seeking might find. Ain't that good? I think so. All right, my dear friends, Lord willing, we shall certainly see each other again next time. Be sure to check out the show notes and the themes of each day throughout the week as we go live Monday to Friday. You might find something in there that would interest you. All right. Peace out.